All right. The title of the message tonight is What We Hate. What We Hate. I enjoyed studying this particular passage. I don't know how Brother Shepherd does, but um, sometimes I'll, I'll just get a preliminary view of the, the passages that, uh, you know, the next few verses, and I'll copy and paste uh, two or three uh, verses onto my Word document, a blank Word document, and I'll start going through there and start breaking down the, the verses on how uh, I want to start uh, ex- exegeting them. And then I'll get into one particular verse, and I'll think, man, this is good. And the next thing you know, I don't have enough time in the service to uh, expound the other verses. So I just got to cut them out. So uh, we just have one verse tonight because there's so much in this verse. What we hate. As we read the Bible, we often come across the subject of the fear of the Lord. And when we come across the subject of fearing God, I usually, when, when we come across, you know, to fear the Lord or you need to fear the Lord, I, I usually just give a quick uh, explanation of that for the sake of folks here who may not know. And I usually say, well, now that means to reverence the Lord, to reverence God. It doesn't mean to be afraid of Him. And that way everyone understands. There's no, hopefully no misunderstanding. It's, it's a simple way of explaining an otherwise uh, archaic use of the word fear. For although I would certainly be afraid to disobey God, then I sure don't want Christians to fear Him in the sense that they're scared of God but in the sense that we love and honor Him as the one true God and Creator of man. But tonight Solomon gives us a rather detailed description of what it means to fear the Lord. You don't see this very often in Scripture. And since the Bible puts great emphasis on our need to fear God, then I'm looking forward to breaking down this description for you tonight. Solomon begins by saying, The fear of the Lord, if you look in verse 13, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Now take your pens, if you wouldn't, underscore the word hate. Hate. The fear of the Lord is to hate. This should take us somewhat by surprise. I mean, we all know, or should all know, that the greatest commandment in the Bible is to what? To love. And so you would think, well, the greatest commandment is to love our God, to love our neighbor. So one might think the fear of the Lord would, should or would be for someone to love something or someone. But we find here that it's just the opposite. The fear of the Lord is to hate. Here's a kingdom truth for you tonight. When you have the heart of God... What bothers God will bother you. When you have the heart of God, what bothers God will bother you. What God hates, you will hate. Now, this doesn't mean that your flesh won't lust for something that's wrong. So, well, I'm not sure I hate this. Sometimes I crave it. The flesh is always going to crave things that are wrong. You're not going to stop that this side of the grave. But the Bible says that the flesh lusts against the Spirit. But it, so we don't have to think of it that way, that we 
always never crave, but we loathe things that are sinful. But what it does mean is that we should have the same mindset toward certain things that God does. Say, Brother Richard, if, if, if love is the greatest commandment, then why are we talking about hate? It's because you can't truly love what is good without hating what is evil. I'll repeat that again. And I, I love how the Scriptures, especially in the Proverbs, they get so down to the, the nitty-gritty, so down to the, 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 the nuts and bolts, that you're able to see all kinds of angles. You're able to see doctrine in 3D. Turn it around and upside down and inspect it. But you, you can't truly love what is good without hating what is evil. We talk about faith and works. What does faith produce? Faith produces works, doesn't it? You can't have true works without faith. And you can't have true faith without it producing works. It's just how it, how it works. It goes hand in hand. Like faith and works, one will produce the other. A love for truth, for example, will produce a hatred for lies. A love for the gospel will produce a hatred for false gospels. A love for righteousness will produce a hatred for unrighteousness. Here's a kingdom truth for you tonight. We will hate the things God hates if we love the God who hates them. Now you think about that just a moment. We will hate the things God hates if we love the God who hates them. Solomon says the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. You show me a man who doesn't hate evil, and I will show you a man who doesn't love God. I stand on that. That is Scripture. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Show me a man who doesn't hate evil, I will show you a man who doesn't love God. He may say he loves God, but what you hate will reveal what you love. You following me? You may claim to love God, but what you hate will reveal what you love. And what you love will reveal what you hate. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil and, look back in your text, pride. Pride. Now, pride in the biblical sense doesn't always mean the way we understand pride in our English language. A man taking pride in his work, that's a good thing, right? You ought to take pride in your work. If you go out and you look at a, a deck or a building that Brother Tony builds, and, uh, you know, it's not square, and there's spaces in the, in the boards <laughs> and uh, things like that, and Shingles are, are leaking and that he, that he put on. Well, that's not taking pride in your work. That's sloppiness. And, and so the Bible's not talking about that kind of pride. A, a, man, a, a man being proud of his son or a mother being proud of her daughter or something like that. That's not the kind of pride the Bible's talking about here. When the Bible speaks of pride in a negative sense, it's talking about 
a man being proud in the sense that he refuses to humble. He refuses to lower himself beneath the authority of God. In fact, the root word here, that this word pride, the Hebrew word translated pride here is derived from, it's really neat. It means to rise and be majestic. How about that? To rise and be majestic. In other words, I'm down here, so you can't rise unless you first were down. Now see, God can never get proud. Why? He can never rise up to be majestic. <laughs> because He can't get lower than He is. He is the what kind of God? The Most High God. So the Most High God can't get any lower than Most High. But someone who is created by the Most High is, by virtue of being a creature, beneath the Most High, right? And if that creature who is beneath the Most High attempts to rise and be majestic, what are they doing? They're saying, well, I'm actually down here and the King of Kings is above me. But I will ascend. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will be like the Most High. Isn't that what the Bible says Lucifer did? That's what the Bible says Lucifer said. That's the pride the Bible's speaking of here. To rise and be majestic. I am down here, but you know what? I'm going to be the boss. I'm going to be king. Now you think of what Adam did in the Garden of Eden. He did that exact same thing. The devil said, you will be as gods, knowing good and evil. And so Adam was way down here. Only animals below them. And Adam and Eve, they took that fruit, attempting to rise and be majestic. And by their rise, we all fell down. You see? By their, their, their exaltation, we all fell. Pride says, I will be my own king. You see, a person can't trust in Jesus Christ as their Savior without first humbling themselves to accept the fact that they need a Savior, and that God is above them, you know. Pride won't let a person do that. It just won't. Pride says, I'm all right like I am. Pride says, I'm good enough like I am. Pride says, I don't need any help. If you love the wise guidance of God's Word in your life, then you will hate pride, right? Because Pride will say, well, I don't want, to, it won't, want the God telling me what to do. I don't want any book written by a man telling me what to do. I'll figure things out my own way. That's pride. So, you'll hate pride if you love the Word of God. Not only will you hate pride, but look at what the Bible says, and arrogancy. And arrogancy. Now, what's the difference between pride and arrogancy? Would it be... Fair to say that arrogancy is a form of pride? It is. Arrogancy is a particular form of pride. <clears throat> Let me explain the difference to you in my understanding. Remember, to rise and be exalted? Okay. Pride refuses to lower itself below God. Arrogancy refuses to raise others equal to yourself. All right? So here I am. I'm proud. 
I'm really here in reality, but I rose to be majestic, and now I'm saying, I'm up here with God. I'm the boss of my life. No one's going to tell me what to do. So pride it refuses to lower myself down here where I actually am below God. Arrogancy is where someone is on my own level. But in my heart, I'm way up here. And I refuse to bring them up equal to me. Everyone else is beneath me. I'm better than everybody else. I'm going around with my nose stuck up in the air. Arrogancy is when a person thinks too highly of themselves and looks down on other people. If you love the story of the Most High God, loving people who are far below Him, loving them so much, people like me and you, that He lowered Himself to the form of a servant and died for guilty sinners like me and you. If you love that story, then you will hate the arrogant heart that fails to see the value in caring for people equal to yourselves. God saw the value in caring for people far below Him. Arrogancy says, I don't see the value in caring for people equal to me. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil and pride and arrogance. Look back in your text now. And the evil way. The evil way. And when it says the evil way, meaning the evil pathway. The evil pathway. The Hebrew word translated evil here comes from a root word that means to spoil something. To spoil it in the sense that you break it in pieces. That's what this word means. The evil way. The way that destroys by breaking something in pieces. You ever had something very valuable to you? And maybe a child, a grandchild, or someone comes through your house and knocks it off, and shh, there it goes, just breaks in pieces. Yesterday, I was uh, leaving work, coming home, and, and I saw an ambulance and police cars up ahead of me, and I saw pieces looked like of a motorcycle scattered out all over the road and there was a motorcycle up against the curb of a highway and there's an ambulance taking off and when I got home I saw the news that the man on the motorcycle had died that motorcycle and that man just broken in pieces spoiled, ruined, destroyed the evil path 6,000 years ago, back in the Garden of Eden, God set our parents, our first parents, Adam and Eve, He set them on the good path. He set them on the good path. He set them on the pathway to eternal life, peace, and joy. 6,000 years ago, God set our first parents on the pathway to a life of freedom, purpose, Love and complete fulfillment through an eternal relationship with Him. That's the pathway God put our parents on. The human race had it made on the pathway that God made for them. And then Satan came along and introduced a whole other pathway to our parents. A pathway that would spoil. A pathway that would dash 
everything God had given the human race to pieces. And our parents chose to take that evil pathway instead of the pathway God was on. It is the evil way, this evil way, where Solomon says that the fear of the Lord is to hate the evil way. It is this evil way that Jesus in the New Testament calls the broad way. Okay? So here we're linking the Old and New Testament up again. The, to hate the evil way, here in Proverbs, that is what Jesus calls New Testament. The broad way that leads to what? Destruction. Breaking in pieces. You see how that all links together? So, many go in that broad way. Many go down this evil way. The evil way has destroyed many lives and sent many souls to hell. But by the grace of God, Jesus came to be the way, the truth, and the life. Amen? That brings us back to God, restores what Adam lost, and puts all the pieces of our broken world back together again through the gospel. So if you love the gospel, if you love the narrow way that leads to life, then you're going to hate the broad way that leads to death. That just makes sense, doesn't it? You show me a man who loves the way of this world, and I will show you a man who hates the gospel. You show me a man who loves the gospel, and I will show you a man who hates the way of this world. I was talking to a man the other day. He's been in church his whole life. Been in the Catholic church his whole life. Very dedicated to it. <clears throat> he said something about the gospel. And I said, what do you believe the gospel is? He didn't know. He didn't know. He said, well, you know, he thought, well, the gospel meant like, well, you know, that's the gospel right there. You know, hey, you can count on that's true right there. But he didn't know what the gospel was. And it's so sad but when people find out what the gospel is and they realize the gospel is to take us off the evil way and to put us back on the right way that re you may not got to leave the broad way you may not got to leave this direction over here that I'm going I don't want that I was reading today an article about Target the Target store have y'all read some of that recently? Oh my goodness. There's some stuff I can't repeat in here. It's that bad. But one of the brands they're carrying, uh, they, they, if I understand right, they're, they're marketing this sweatshirt that says, Fix uh, Transphobia, Not transvestite, something like it. But it's anyway, fix us, not them. We're the, one, we're the people who need fixing. And, and they said, uh, they have a slogan that Satan respects pronouns. And they talked about how Christians are saying that, that God 
doesn't want them to be like they are, but they have a message to the world that the devil, that Satan, loves them the way they are, and he respects pronouns, and he's okay with you being transgender. And they say because of that, they'll be glad to not follow God, but to follow Satan instead. That's what they came out and said. Did you read that, Miss Ann? And I'm like, wow, how far we've come. That's the evil way. They're thinking that we need to be fixed. The gospel says that way's broken. Jesus came to take us off that way and to put us on the right way that puts the pieces back together again. They're like a piggy bank broken in pieces looking at us saying, somebody needs to fix that. Where's her hammer? We'll fix it. We'll fix it. But you show me a man who loves the, the gospel, I will show you a man who hates the way of this world. And not only that, look back in the text, and the forward mouth. The forward mouth. The Hebrew word translated forward here it comes from a, a root word that has the idea of turning something over. Not turning something over like turning over a pancake, but turning something over like Jesus did whenever he was in the temple and he had those, those tables, the money changers, he just turned them over. That's the idea of forward here. Now Jesus turned that over in a righteous way. He took something that was unrighteous and flipped it on its head. But the forward here is taking something that is righteous and flipping it over. You need to fix them. This is what we'll do with the church. This is what we'll do with Christianity. That's forward. And the person who fears the Lord hates the forward mouth. The forward mouth is when you overturn the things that are good. Such as when you speak the foul words that I just mentioned. It overturns what's good and decent. When they talked about turning to the devil and away from God. Or when you speak foul words that overturn pure thoughts. You, you, your, your mind's clean, then someone starts talking dirty. They're coming into your mind. They're taking the pure thoughts and just turning them over. That's a forward mouth. Forward mouth such as when you speak lies that overturn truth. Take the table. Turn it over. Don't want truth. Or when you speak a covenant, make an agreement, have a contract with your neighbor that overturns the welfare of his family. That's why the word forward here can mean in Hebrew defraud, to defraud someone. You're flipping it over on its head. If you love the purity of God's word, then you will hate the foul words from a foul mouth. Pure and simple. In John, the Gospel of John chapter 15 verse 3, the Gospel of John chapter 15 verse 3, Jesus told his disciples, Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. God's word cleans our minds, cleans our thoughts, cleans our actions. You show me a man who has a filthy mouth, and I'll show you a man who hates to sit down and glean the deep truths of God's word that make us clean in our hearts and mind. You got someone with a potty mouth? I promise you, they don't spend time in the scriptures. So while they know the Bible back and forward, I don't believe that a bit. 
I've had people say, oh, I know so-and-so. He knows the Bible backward and forward. He probably knows the Bible better than you do. Or maybe he knows the Bible better than most preachers do. You start talking to them, they don't. They don't. They may know parts of it. They may have memorized words. They, they may know all the deep history. You know, there's a lot of historians, there's a lot of archaeologists. They know things in the Old Testament, and they can quote things and, and know locations better than me. But they don't know the truths inside. You know? They're still thinking it's, uh, you know, just history. It's not God's Word. So they're, they're mining some of the trivial historical uh, value of the Scriptures, but not the spiritual. But a man with a potty mouth that loves a potty mouth, he's going to hate the purity of God's Word. Solomon said, This is the fear of the Lord I love. I'm sorry, <laughs> this is the fear of the Lord. So I hate the things that God hates. I love the things that God loves. So these things that God hates, look back in your text, do I hate? Do I hate? So if God hates it, we should hate it. And what we hate reveals what we actually love. And what we truly love will reveal what we actually hate. And God willing, we'll take up next Wednesday in the next verse. We'll go ahead and close with a word of prayer tonight. Thank you, Lord, for your precious word. We love you so much. God, we thank you, Father, that it's not all about love. Because true love for what is right produces hate for what is wrong. Lord, let us focus not on hating what is wrong, but truly knowing who is good. In knowing who is good, we will love what is good. And loving what is good, we will hate what is wrong. God, help our eyes to be on you so that when we look at anything that is contrary to your holy character, we will hate the things that God hates because we love the God who hates them. In Jesus' precious and holy name we pray.